Get ready for the Magic Valley PrepCast on IdahoSports.com. That's right. Welcome in. Another edition of the Magic Valley PrepCast, breaking down everything in District 4, week in, week out here on IdahoSports.com. Brandon Bainey joined as always by good old Rocky Todd. Wearing his finest Tennessee Volunteers t-shirt. It's Scott Burton. Hey, Brandon. How about that game, huh? Oh, that was something else, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a lot of fun. And, you know, I'm a closet Tennessee fan just because of Peyton Manning. But um, it was, uh, well, you know, I think a lot of that too. Plus, it's Alabama. And uh, anybody that can beat Alabama is my favorite team, seems like. (laughs) But that's, that's the way it is with everybody. And when you're a winner like that, then, yeah, everybody hates you. That's right. Uh, we are recording this on Wednesday, October 19th, which is college day at Jerome High School. So Scott yep. gets to wear his college uh, athletic T-shirt. Uh, you can see that if you're watching the video version of this podcast at IdahoSports.com's YouTube channel or Facebook page. Uh, audio only as well at the uh, IdahoSports.com uh, website or wherever you download your podcasts. Uh, last night, Scott, uh, me and Christian Wiener did our live state soccer tournament preview show. We talked for 90 minutes about all the state soccer yes. brackets. And I just dropped that uh, audio into the podcast feed for our Magic Valley PrepCast listeners. So if you want to hear anything about state soccer, I'm going to direct you there. Today, we're just going to tackle volleyball and football. Although I will say, mm-hmm. just as an aside, there's a really good chance we're talking about some state championship teams in soccer next week. You know, Twin Falls girls, uh, Canyon Ridge boys yeah. and girls, Wendell, Sun Valley. There's some strong teams. So there are, and you and just uh, for the record, you guys nailed it last night. So great job. I was uh, listening as I was working and doing stuff, but uh, you guys were right on the money. Great job. Definitely. So let's go ahead and take a look at uh, what else is going on in the postseason with district. <clears throat> excuse me, district volleyball. I'm going to share my screen so you can see the brackets up on the screen. If you're watching uh, on the video version of this, just make your screen full size so you can um, see it a little more clearly. If you're listening audio only, you're in luck. We have the district brackets on the homepage at idahosports.com, and you can follow along that way as you're listening. Let's start with the Great Basin Conference in Class 4A. The district championship is tonight, Scott, Wednesday, the 19th. Canyon Ridge will battle Wood River. This is a one versus a three. Also tonight, uh, we will have the two and four playing in a loser out game, Twin Falls and Burley. So Twin Falls, the defending champs fighting for their lives tonight. The winner of Twin Falls, Burley, will play the loser of Canyon Ridge, Wood River for that second spot to state. Yeah, that's going to be, uh, I mean, it's been Canyon Ridge dominating all season long for the most part. Um, but there are really three solid teams in this conference. And it's unfortunate that uh, one of them is going to stay home. You know, so uh, this Canyon Ridge Wood River matchup uh, is going to be a lot of fun. I mean, again, it's been Canyon Ridge forever, twin the defending champs. Um, I see, you know, I see twin handling Burley. Uh, just because they're just kind of that much better. No, no shot at Burley, but uh, that game, that match tomorrow, whether it's going to be twin taking on Canyon Ridge or Wood River, that is going to be a, a crazy match. 
Could you imagine if Wood River knocked off Canyon Ridge and it was Twin Falls Canyon Ridge battling for for a spot to stay? I mean, they're they're already matching up in soccer. It's state mm-hmm. soccer in the opening yeah. round. Oh, what an interesting day that would be in the uh, the great city of Twin Falls uh, for sure. But we'll continue to keep an eye on it. And uh, just so everyone knows, we are planning on doing uh, like we did for soccer this week. We're planning on doing a live state volleyball preview show next week uh, to talk about all the state volleyball matchups that will be happening so stay uh tuned for that we're still hammering out the details but kind of an early uh release of what we've got going on there uh let's go to district three where scott i'll admit there's a lot of stuff we have yet to fill in because i am still waiting on hearing what exactly happened who won where i can't tell you this kimberly the number one seed in the host is one step away from getting to state now there's only one bid to state from this tournament so if kimberly has one bad match you know it's over well two bad matches they have to be defeated Mm -hmm. twice Uh, last night gooding played buell i think buell won this matchup so you've got buell and filer playing uh last night as well the winner of that matchup will take on kimberly tonight um either way you know kimberly does look pretty good kimberly is the team to beat and they have been the team to beat all year long i mean it's so funny when you watch Kimberly volleyball play, they, they step out onto the floor and they are just physically imposing. And, you know, they, they have got some tall athletic girls and, you know, I, I just remember, you know, them walking out onto the floor playing us. And it's like, Holy smokes, man, this is like JV versus college, you know, just that big of a difference uh, with Kimberly, but you know, that's what Kimberly does, man. They just produce athletes, period. Yep. So uh, we'll keep an eye on that. That is tonight in Kimberly as well. Let's go to 2A where it is a three-team affair. Um, Declo, the number one seed, they are into the district championship match tonight. Um, Sun Valley Community School and Wendell will play each other tonight. So this is all going to happen at Declo tonight at 530 Wendell will play the community school. The winner of that will get to face Declo in the championship. Whoever wins between Wendell and Sun Valley would need to defeat the Hornets twice to earn the district title outright. Um, Declo looks uh, so strong, so solid, though, and they will hopefully defend their home floor tonight. Yeah, I mean, I mean, what do you say? I mean, it's kind of going chalk there, and and uh, you know, Declo is you know, kind of in the right spot to take that next step to state. You know, they've had a really good season. Um, I'm bringing up their stuff right now, which is why I'm always looking off to the side. Yes. Three screens going on here. Uh, Complete overload. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. But, you know, you know, it's all right. Uh, Declo, you know, I mean, they, they really have been the, the, the top of that conference. I mean, they've, they've got an 11 and five record. And meanwhile, Wendell and the community school are both below 500. So it's been a conference in a year dominated by Declo. And I don't see it being any different in the, in the conference tournament. Yeah. And you know, we should mention that state volleyball will be seated according to your regular season max preps ranking, just like they did last year for the first mm-hmm. time. Um, Declo would be on the lower half of the seed line uh, just because, you know, they, they challenged yeah. themselves. They played a lot of those three, a schools this year. Um, so ultimately they get penalized for playing a little bit more of a difficult schedule. They'd be on the lower half. Kimberly would be the number one overall seed at the three, a tournament. If they got in though, and at the four, a level Canyon Ridge and twin falls and wood river would all be top four seeds. Yeah. Um, 
if they got there, which is crazy. That's crazy. That tells you the level of volleyball we've got going on. Kimberly undefeated, just rolling through the year. And then three teams in the Great Basin in the top four in the state, and uh, including the defending champs. Yeah, pretty impressive stuff. Uh, let's go to the 1As, 1AD1. Uh, we've got, uh, we had semifinals last night. Couldn't tell you what happened. Murtaugh played Kerry. I can't tell you Murtaugh won here. Murtaugh did win this matchup 3 nothing over Kerry. So fans get to see me update these brackets in real time, which is <laughs> always fun. Um, the other matchup was Oakley and Shoshone. I think Oakley won that matchup, but again, we didn't, we didn't hear how that went. Um, either way, Oakley, Murtaugh, Kerry, they've kind of been the big three in this conference all year. Only two get to go to state though. And I, I anticipate those three will be duking it out till the very end. Yeah. It's always fun when you get, you know, three teams buying for two spots and any of those teams can go. And that's the situation that we've got here in, uh, in this, uh, in this conference here with, with those three teams. And, you know, I mean, you look at the overall standings, I mean, it really has been Oakley and Murtaugh all season long, 14 and two for Oakley, Murtaugh 15 and three having phenomenal years, but, but you also look at the three and four seeds, their records are pretty dang good themselves. I mean, that's Kerry and Shoshone, you know? So, I mean, you've got, you've got some good teams in this conference that are, going to eliminate each other and that's you hate to see that when you're going to have good teams stay home but there's four solid teams in this uh in this conference oakley and murtaugh leading the way and we uh, now move to the part of the district tournament where it's going to be held at csi the college of southern idaho tomorrow night uh mm-hmm. carrie will play lighthouse christian in a loser out contest the eighth seeded lions knocked out raft river the five seed valley will play uh we think it's show shown in the um, other loser out contest. And then that uh, Oakley Murtaugh matchup would be Thursday night. And then on Saturday uh, there's matches at Jerome high school. Is that right, Scott? That is correct. We uh, work pretty well with the one, a schools around here when it comes to volleyball and basketball. And, you know, our facility here is just top notch uh, as far as the gymnasium is concerned. And so, you know, we like to, to have the one A's over for, for brunch every now and then. And, uh, and they're, they're so fun. So yeah, we're, we're happy to host them this Saturday. Well, I'm excited because that means I'm going to get some scores. I'll just text you and go, Hey, what were the scores? <laughs> and then I'll get them. So <laughs> that's right. It's, it's supposed to rain all day on Saturday. So, I mean, I can't mow, I can't do anything. So it's like, you know, I'm just going to sit and watch volleyball. Yeah. What a, well, what a tough job you have. What a tough life you live, Scott. I know, right? Gosh. Yeah. You're going to hate to hear my next trip though. I'll tell you that later. Okay. I can't wait for that. Um, and now we've got, uh, finally the Sawtooth conference, one AD two district four, um, you know, uh, Richfield, uh, kind of came in with the acclaim of, they went unbeaten in district play in the regular season. And yet Monday night, Dietrich got him in that undefeated semifinal three to one. So it's the blue devils that are a step away from the district title. Only one seed to state here. These matches are taking place at Gooding high school. You've got Hagerman taking on Richfield tomorrow night in a loser out battle. And from there, Richfield would need to defeat Dietrich twice to earn the district title. So there is a path there for Dietrich. It's going to be a tough one though, or or excuse me, there's a path for Richfield, but it'll be a difficult one for sure. Oh, no question about it. I mean, that is not the position you wanted to be in. You know, you've got two teams trying to get that one lone berth to state. 
And that semifinal match, whoever came out of that has got a huge leg up because those two teams are are pretty evenly matched. I mean, similar records on the year, but now to come back and have to beat them twice, that is a tough, tough ask. Uh, but it has been a conference dominated by Richfield and Dietrich in volleyball all season long. Um, gosh, what, what a good finale to this conference tournament uh, we're about to have. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, down the stretch here to see which teams punch their tickets to state and who competes. And again, uh, like I said, for soccer, I think there's a good chance we're talking about some some teams that make deeper runs at state in volleyball. We will just have to wait and see. Okay, let's talk about uh, football now because here we are, the final week of the regular season, Scott. And we we pretty much know at this point, you know, like, 90% of the teams from the Magic Valley that are in the playoffs, but there's still a couple of slots that have to be decided. So we thought this week, you know, let's focus on the big matchups. Instead of talking about well, who's in, who's out, you can read all of that at idahosports.com. I just posted the new edition of the Bubble Watch if you want to see mm-hmm. all the breakdowns of who's going to get in and get out. We just wanted to focus on the actual matchups themselves and dive into how these games could go. So let's just start with 4A, the Great Basin Conference. You've got Minico and Twin Falls. The winner will win the district and um, get a pretty high seed. The loser will take second place. No matter what happens, these two teams are locked in. They get the two auto bids from mm-hmm. the district. But this is going to be, you know, this was a close game last year. I think people forget that because Minico went undefeated in the regular season. But it was a close battle with Twin Falls last year. And, you know, the Bruins are a good, solid, fundamental team. Yeah, this game is going to be something else. I mean, you've got the number two team in the state taking on the number five team in the state. Um, there are some good football players here. And we've already talked about Minico and how, you know, they've kind of had this chip on their shoulder. They're, you know, bringing back all their dudes from last year that, that unexpectedly lost in that first round in the state playoffs. And uh, they're coming in with uh, a record of seven and one. Their one loss is a uh, a loss that probably should have been a win against uh, Ridgeline in Utah. But, uh, I mean, this is a Minico team. Let's start with Minico for starters. This is a Minico team averaging 42 points a game and only giving up 11. And they are more diverse this year than they have been in years past. Because, I mean, you, you look at Minico, it's basically just run the ball down your throat, run the ball down your throat, little misdirection in the backfield. But they've got all three running backs back, but now they're able to spread it out a little bit more, which makes them a really tough team uh, to defend, you know. And so the thing about this group that makes Minico so special is that, you know, they have this is a group that's been together. You know, they have uh, they're described as best friends. You know, they they go uh, do everything together. They have been to uh, uh, conference tournament or conference championships together, playoffs together, and they're coming off a bye week. Now you can say what you want about the bye weeks because sometimes it takes a little bit to get the engine started again, but it also gives you a lot of time to focus, rest, uh, and do whatever. They're healthy, but uh, this is a very close-knit team. Over the bye week, they went bowling together. They played mini games with the coaches. Uh, They were doing all sorts of things uh, to develop that culture in Minico and it is very, very strong. And, you know, you talk about the players there. Um, they, they say one thing really, and it's trust. They trust each other. They trust the coaches and they trust the system. And if you get those three trust 
things to line up, man, you've got a machine. And that's exactly uh, what Minico's got. Yeah, and I will say uh, Minico has di diversified their offense a little more, and they've also diversified their defense, if that makes sense, where the past couple of years, the front seven has really been the strength, and you could you could beat a team on the edges uh, with with the DBs. Not anymore. Minico, you know, I did that Burley game a couple of weeks back. You know, they had three interceptions in the secondary from three different players, and I still contend that that trio of linebackers, Nick Gibson, Brevin Trankel, and Finn McCaffrey, the younger brother of head coach yeah. Keelan McCaffrey, that's we should bring those two on for a podcast at some point. Boy, what's it like being yeah. coached by your big brother? Uh, yeah, it's funny because we talked a little bit about that last year. Um, and, you know, I'd have to go back and look and see exactly what we said, but there was definitely some interesting banter, <laughs> uh, some, some fun stuff going on there, but that would be a great idea. Yeah, that but that trio of linebackers, Gibson, Trenkel, and yeah. McCaffrey, uh, pound for pound might be the best in 4A. Sandpoint's got a pretty good trio as well, but that linebacking yeah. core, so solid. So, what? okay, so what does Twin Falls have to do then to... Well, you know, the thing about Twin, Twin is they're, they, they're coming in with an identical 7-1 and one record. Their loss was to Pocatello, uh, third game of the season. They lost 27-7. to seven. But th this is a team averaging 40 points a game as well, you know? Uh, giving up 20. So it's going to be whether or not they can stop Minico's run game. You know, Twin is one of those teams that, that they're junior loaded. I mean, this is a team that is going to be back next year as well. You know, they're dominated by juniors for the most part, but uh, and they're healthy right now. So in order to beat Minico, yeah, they're going to have to make Minico one-dimensional. They're going to have to shut down the run, but you know, it's easier said than done. Everybody's tried to do it. But they're going to have to just really get tough in the trenches, make Minico earn their spot, earn their first downs. I mean, they can't give up, you know, big yardage on first down. They're going to have to force Minico into third and and medium or third and long to, you know, maybe make Minico throw the football just a little bit more than they want to. Um, but uh, this is a, a really good football team, and Coach Coring has has really done a good job putting this culture together over at Twin Falls High School. So this is going to be a lot of fun. Now you talk, I talked to both coaches, you know, throughout the week, and they both said the same thing: it's even matched, get tough in the trenches, but special teams might be the thing that decides this. Who can switch the field position? Who can not make mistakes on special teams? Who can get the big return? You know, those types of things um, tend to play a huge part when teams are evenly matched. So uh, this will be a great game. Yeah, I will say in that one loss uh, that Twin Falls had to Pocatello, I was on the call for that game on IdahoSports.com, and Twin Falls was missing their most dynamic athlete, Wyatt Salazabal. Mm -hmm. And they're, they're a different team when he's yeah. in the lineup, and he's been in there the last several weeks, and they've got it rocking and rolling a little bit. So, yeah, that'll be a fantastic battle to see how that all unfolds. Um, let's talk about the other big game in the Great Basin Conference. You've got Burley taking on Canyon Ridge for third and fourth place. Now, Burley, win or lose, I think is pretty comfortably in on their max preps rating. Canyon Ridge, I think, needs the win because they're currently in this three-team fight for two playoff spots along with Idaho Falls and Skyview, which, again, is crazy that a 5-2 and two team has to be fighting for their playoff lives mm -hmm. like Canyon Ridge is, but that's just the reality of the situation we're in with max preps. So Canyon Ridge needs this win a lot more than Burley does. But, um, you know, what do you think about this matchup, Scott? This will be a lot of fun as well. I mean, Canyon Ridge 
if you go to a Canyon Ridge football game this year, they definitely have a home field advantage. I mean, they, they their student body is rocking. They are loud. They are obnoxious. They are everything you want your student body to be at a football game. And, you know, and for Canyon Ridge, you know, they've always had a, a really decent turnout student body wise, but this year is a little bit different. You know, they're a little bit more vocal. They're a little bit more intimidating, you know, and so they do definitely have a home field advantage. Now the thing for Canyon Ridge, and you've called a Burley game before, is Burley is just so big play loaded. You know, they could, you know, first down, nothing, second down, nothing, third down, nothing, decide to go for it on fourth down and bust open a big play. At any time, Burley has the big playmakers, and that's what Canyon Ridge has to stop, is they can't give up those long 60-yard touchdowns uh, to Gatlin Bear or whomever it is, because they've got two or three of those kids that can really bust something open right away. I think Canyon Ridge is going to have to tackle in space. Um, they're going to have to be really disciplined defensively and kind of that bend but don't break mentality uh, against that that big play Burley offense. And yet Burley with the big play offense, they've been prone to turn the ball over at times. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's where they've gotten into trouble because – defensively they just i mean burley scores a lot of points but they give up a lot of points too and so if they're not it's almost like they have to be perfect offensively and cash in on every drive the times we've seen them lose this year they've come up on some empty possessions yeah and that's exactly right you know and and they're going to have to get some playmakers aside from gatlin bear that are going to get it done because you know when you got that kind of player it's like yeah you try to force him the ball quite a bit you know, and you, and you think he's the dude, but man, I tell you, Burley's got other guys that can really get it done. And so for Burley, yeah, they're going to have to limit their own mistakes because a lot of times they've been their own worst enemy in turnovers and, and given up big plays defensively. So um, yeah, Burley's just going to have to be solid. They're going to have to get the big plays, but they're going to have to get other people involved and make Canyon Ridge think about other guys than Gatlin Bear. Yeah, I mean, in particular, I think Ramsey Trevino has been oh, running absolutely. the ball really well for Burley the last several weeks. And yep, um, he's going to be he's going to be crucial because you know he's so fast, and if he just gets ahead of speed, man, that kid's gone. And that's what I'm saying. They've got Trevino, they've got Bear, they've got to make sure they spread it out and, and take advantage of what Canyon Ridge has given them defensively. And then I think Burley's got a really good chance. Definitely. Um, 3A football, it's pretty much all kind of decided. Uh, shout out to Buell, conference champs. They beat Kimberly in that uh, epic battle. I think it was 34-29. It was a one-possession game. Uh, Buell got the win. Wood River punched their ticket. They got their win that they needed. So that's your three in. Buell, yeah. Kimberly, Wood River. We've kind of talked about that the last couple of weeks. So let's let's jump to 2A where this is it. This is in a two-team conference, it all comes down to this. Declo <laughs> and Wendell, kind of like the Canyon Ridge Burley scenario where if Declo loses, I think they're still in via an at-large bid. There's only three available in 2A football. And Wendell right now, despite their 4-4 four and four record, are on the outside looking in to some sub-500 teams from East Idaho because they play in these ridiculously talented conferences that have more than two teams. That's not Wendell's fault, but... Wendell needs to win this game to get into the playoffs. Yeah, you know, and this is the first time in, gosh, maybe seven, eight years that both teams have been good, you know, to the point where it comes down to something like this because it has been a conference that has been lopsided 
uh, for a long time. And, and, and it's something that's not lost on, on coach Helmendaler over at Wendell either, because, you know, this is a, this is a Declo team. that's a little bit different than what they're used to seeing. Declo has been very power oriented, very running the ball. Um, this year they're more balanced, you know, they're, they're passing the ball a lot more, uh, which makes them harder to defend, you know, instead of just kind of loading the box and being run heavy and just man on man, um, you know, they're, they're very disciplined defensively. I mean, they still run that 4-4 cover three defense, kind of a bend but don't break type of thing. And so Wendell's going to have to make sure they take care of the football, sustain some drives, because that's what you get with, with Declo is you're not going to get a whole lot of big plays. You're going to make Wendell march the ball down the field and then finish off those drives. And that's going to be crucial uh, for Wendell. But uh, this, is a, this is a good junior class at Wendell, too. You know, and they're getting some experience. I mean, quarterback Alex Hirai, who took over um, in middle of the season or towards the beginning of the season, has really made a big difference and has turned out to be a really good leader for this team. Um, you know, you talk about uh, Jesse Chavez at running back. Uh, he has been another junior. He has been one of those tough workhorse back guys. And then, then you got guys like Wyatt Oden, Josh Green, Deegan Gonzalez. All of those guys bring in a, a, a toughness to the Wendell Trojan, to all of them juniors, you know? And so this is a really interesting class um, at Wendell. And so the trenches are going to be huge. And, um, and a little fun fact for you that this is in Wendell is going to be the 2013-2014 football team reunion night, right? And so that was the last team to beat Declo. Um, and it was a 7-6 ball game. And they, they beat them to win the conference championship. So they're going to recognize those teams as a reunion and hope that that just kind of inspires a little bit of Trojan magic uh, against Declo uh, this Friday night. That should be a lot of fun. Oh, that's going to be so awesome. And again, I can't say enough good things about John Helmendaler and what he's done in a pretty short time at Wendell, taking a team that was once, uh, if I'm being honest, kind of a doormat of 2A football and has made them a very tough, very competitive group of players. Um, and of course, Declo, well-coached uh, Coach Stewart uh, mm -hmm. for Declo. Um, this is going to be a low possession game, I think. I think, uh, you know, each side might get five to six possessions maybe throughout the course of the game. So you really have to cash in on your long drives, I think might be a key as well. Yep, to see. absolutely. Finish drives. Yep, for sure. All right, let's talk about the 1A D1. Uh, what's going on? Or excuse me, 1A D2. In, in 1A D1, it's all pretty much set. Um, mm -hmm. Oakley is your conference champion. Raft River will travel to carry on Friday night on IdahoSports.com, by the way. Any guesses on who's calling that carry game, Scott? Oh, could that be you, Brandon? No, it's but it's Paul Kingsbury. He go oh. he go he goes and does all oh, the carry yeah. games. Uh, Doug, uh, I should have thought about that, of course, because every time he swings through town, hey, I'm going to carry. You want to come? You know, hey, let's let's go do the carry game. And I'm like, man, every time we go to carry, I mean, we're we're treated very well. I've called many games there as of you, and it's like they're bringing you burgers and and. Uh, Lej's throwing you up a hat, and it's just like it's—they love it when we show up there, and they treat us so well. Yeah, you know, Paul was doing a game. He's done like three or four carry games this year, and he was at yep. carry, and he was like in the middle of a play, like third down and three for the uh, Panthers. Oh yes, I will take him out and do thanks. <laughs> <laughs> and that—that's exactly what it's like. That's not an exaggeration. I mean, and we have no problem with it because the the atmosphere is so fun and kind of family oriented 
I mean, it, sometimes we're out on the ledge with outside the press box there at Cary, uh, which is typically where we're at. It's a tight, tight space. But I mean, they're always just checking on you. And it's not a stretch to say, yeah, here he is. Around the corner he goes, across the 40. Hey, yes, I would take a double cheeseburger. Inside the 20 and down to the 15 first. <laughs> I mean, that's normal. And it's all part of the experience at Cary. Yes. So uh, Cary will host Raft River in a game that we will have for you on Friday night, IdahoSports.com. Winner will get second place. Loser mm-hmm. will take third. Both teams are comfortably into the playoffs. It's going to be a fantastic matchup. Raft River coming off a loss to Butte County in the non-conference last week. So they're trying to to refocus and get ready for the playoffs. And then Murtaugh and Lighthouse Christian, I think, are pretty much locked into the playoffs as well. You know, Lighthouse Christian didn't get their first win of the season until uh, two weeks ago. And they've won two in a row, but because of the strength of the league and the max preps ratings that go with that, Lighthouse Christian is in. And I'm very intrigued to see what the Lions can do because they've been in so many close games throughout the year. You know, can they figure out a way to win those close battles? So you're looking at five teams from from District 4 that will be in uh, to the D1 playoffs. But it's all kind of already set up, so there's not much drama to talk about in terms of the games. So let's no, go. But, oh, go but ahead. I, but, but a little, you know, shout out to Kerry too, because I mean, we talked about what was it going to be like for them to step up and they stepped up, you know, I mean, obviously they, they lost to Oakley, um, but they're one of those teams that could really solidify their season with the win against Draft River. Um, but, you know, all, all the questions were like, were they, were they able to step up? And I think they answered the call and, um, you know, to your point on Lighthouse, you know, you look at a team's record and you say, what in the world are they doing in the playoffs, right? Especially if you didn't win a district tournament, you know, kind of get hot at the right time. Um, but this is a, a Lighthouse team that has gotten better. And they started rough, but they have gotten better. And I mean, but you're playing guys like Rap River and Cary and Butte County and Oakley. And it's like, holy cow, what kind of gauntlet are you running? And so, yeah, you look at Lighthouse and you're going, gosh, dang, they are sitting there with two wins on the season. Well, they're a lot better than a two-win football team. Yeah, and, the, you know, Cary, that loss uh, to Oakley was a one-possession game. They lost 7-6 to six to Grace in their season opener in a game where they turned the ball over a bunch, could have easily won that. And, yes, uh, it's going to be very exciting to watch all five of those teams from District 4 as they navigate their way through the playoffs. You know, it's been, I think it was three years ago or two years ago maybe, where uh, three of the four teams in the Final Four were all from District 4. I think we could yeah. definitely see something similar uh, this year, so that'll be really fun. Uh, yep. 1AD2. It's it's pretty much straightforward. Dietrich won the title. They beat Castle Ford last week. Um, Castle Ford will take second. Um, they are going to have to travel to Clark Fork. They're going to have to go all the way up to Clark Fork to play the Wampus Cats in the opening <laughs> round of the playoffs. One of the best mascots in Idaho, the Wampus Cats. Yeah, for sure. So Castle Ford's going to have to hit the road. Dietrich will get a first round, or excuse me, will get a first round home game in the playoffs against the third place team from district three. That's more than likely going to be horseshoe bend. And then we've got this very interesting battle Friday night where the third and final playoff spot will come down to the winner of this one game, Hanson and Camas County. We've talked about Camas County a lot this year. I don't think we've given Hanson enough credit to where they've put themselves in this position to win and you're in. Yeah. And and this is not a unfamiliar place. I mean, these two have, battled the last this will be year number 
three in a row battling for that final spot. You know, two years ago, Hanson got him. Last year, Camus got him. You know, and so this is the rubber match, if you will, of those three years. The winner of this moves on to the postseason, um, and the loser is done. And, you know, you look at, uh, let's start with Hanson really quick. You know, they're coming in with, you know, a three and four record, two and two conference. Their loss is coming to Castleford and Dietrich, obviously. Um, and this is a, a, a really interesting team because, I mean, they've got 16 kids out in Hanson, and seven of those are freshmen. And so that was a concern or at least, you know, something that Coach Rife had to take into consideration. It's like, I got to put a bunch of freshmen on a varsity field this year. And boy, he was very impressed with how these freshmen have responded. Because, I mean, you're, you're talking about basically half your team being freshmen, you know. And so that was a, that was a big thing uh, for Hanson. Uh, for Camus, you know, they just, they got it handed to him by Dietrich. 56 to nothing. And so the interesting thing is, how are you going to respond after that? You know, did that kind of squash your confidence a little bit? Or how are you going to handle this? Well, I'll tell you, at Camus, they didn't even watch the film. Uh, basically burned it and walked away. And now they got to focus in on, on Hanson. But, uh, you know, the keys to victory for Camus, obviously, are going to be getting to that second level with their blocking scheme and able, and also just kind of control that uh, read option offense that Hanson has and not having the hangover from the Dietrich butt whooping they took uh, last week. So, you know, they're, they're quick, they've got speed. Um, they've got multiple wide receivers that can beat you at any time. They've got, you know, three running backs that can catch it out of the backfield. That's a tough offense to stop you know, uh, at Camus. So it should be an interesting game. I give the edge to Camus. Um, but, you know, again, you know, Hanson's there for a reason. Yeah, they've kind of been lost in the shuffle this year. And how exciting would it be for that community to to break through? And and we, we talked about Hagerman this year, really enjoying a renaissance. I mean, that conference overall was pretty strong top to bottom. It's, it's yeah. proving out to be so. Yeah. And a cool mm-hmm. thing about, you know, these small towns is you get a lot of, brothers and cousins and everybody playing on the team. And Camus is no different. I mean, they've got three Smith boys on the team, uh, two twins and, and a cousin. Uh, they've got two Freeman cousins. They've got two Ashmead cousins, two Patton brothers, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, uh, and it's, it's really cool to see And you know, and, and talking to, you know, their coaching staff and over the course of the week and, you know, there's always an inspirational story that comes out of, of these conversations, it seems. And, you know, I don't know if you remember Troy Smith about five years ago was, uh, uh, nearly killed in a fatal Jeep rollover accident. Um, in early October, he had a broken clavicle, broken ribs, punctured lung, two broken arms, a broken jaw. I mean, just other internal injuries as well. Uh, he spent weeks in the hospital at Salt Lake and this was five years ago, but was tough enough to walk out for a coin toss that year on October 20th and then was playing basketball after Christmas, you know? Um, and, you know, the coaches at camera say, this is the toughest kid that they have ever met. And he is a, a an inspiration and just a tenacious ball player on both sides of the football who nearly never got to play and never got to live for that matter. So you, you think about those things and it really puts it in perspective too, that, you know, some things are a little bit bigger than the game. Uh, and this kid here is just happy to be alive, let alone be playing. 
Yeah, that's uh, an incredible story, and he he sets the tone for everybody else, right? You yeah. don't want to you don't want to let him down because you know what he's had to do to get to where he is. So yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, that's that's pretty impressive stuff. So good luck to all the teams that are competing this week. We'll be able to talk uh, playoff football next week, Scott. We'll actually be able to break yes. down some matchups and talk about who's going where and who's doing what. And um, stay tuned; it's going to be a lot of fun. So yeah. Absolutely. We'll have stock so, state soccer results. Maybe we'll be talking about some champions in the area. Um, it'd be a good podcast next week. A lot of good information. Definitely. All right. Well, Scott, as always, thanks for hopping on and doing this. We appreciate all the insights that you bring to the program and uh, enjoy the competitions this weekend, everybody. And we'll see you next time for another edition of the Magic Valley PrepCast on IdahoSports.com.